John 10, verse number 7. John 10, 7. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I'm the door. By me, if any man shall any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hiring, hireling fleeth, because he's an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and they shall, there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing on the Word of God today. Touch our hearts, not simply our minds. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Last, year, last week, when I was uh, talking about the perfections of salvation in Christ, I took our text from John chapter 10, some verses that come just a, a few minutes later. The Lord Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Earlier in the chapter where we read this morning, the Lord Jesus called himself the shepherd of those sheep. My sheep hear my voice, I know them. He said, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also must I bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd, referring to himself. Several times in John 10, Christ calls himself the good shepherd. In Hebrews 13, Paul refers to the Lord Jesus, calling him a shepherd once again, but he changes the descriptive adjective. He says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. This morning, I would like to magnify our Savior by sharing with you some of the background 
background behind the good and the great shepherd. Before adding another adjective, glorious. He is the good shepherd. He is the great shepherd. He is the glorious shepherd. To do this, I will take you to three successive Psalms of David. 22, 23, and 24. I'd like you to consider that each psalm and each adjective express another aspect of the office of Christ, the character of Christ, the person of Christ. Let's go from John 10 and the Good Shepherd back to Psalm 22. Psalm 22. Christ Jesus was in Jerusalem one day when he and his disciples passed by a man whom everyone knew, they knew, that he had been born blind. With the disciples still carrying some of the Jewish mental baggage that uh, they had developed over the years, the disciples turned to Christ and said, here's this Jewish, here's this blind man, uh, why is he blind? Did he commit some sort of sin in some earlier life that he was born blind? Or was it the, the sin of his parents that caused him to be blind? The short answer was that other than the sin of Adam two millennia earlier, there was no direct sin involved in the man's blindness. The man was blind, as Jesus said in John 9, 3, that the works of God should be made manifest in him. The Lord went on to heal the man, and that sparked a controversy with uh, some of the leadership of the Jews. It went through chapter 9, and I think it went on into chapter 10 and set the background for Jesus' statements about the Good Shepherd, all connected there. And remember that Jesus said, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Now look at Psalm 22. Does verse number one sound familiar? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Those are Christ's words when he hung on the cross prior to his death. When he was giving his life for the sheep, he said, my God, my God, my father, my father, why hast thou forsaken me? I'd like you to think of Psalm 22 as the song of the good shepherd. It contains prophecy about Christ, which was fulfilled in his life and ultimately in his death. Why had God the father forsaken his son when Christ hung on the cross? Because upon Christ were laid all of the sins of all of those he intended to save. And the Father looked away. Isaiah says, All we like sheep have gone astray, and the Lord hath laid on him, on the good shepherd, the iniquity of us all. Yeah. Now notice verse number 6 in Psalm 22. 
I am a worm. No man. A reproach of men. Despised of the people. They all that's they all, excuse me, all they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighteth in him. Not only are these words essentially repeated on the cross, but they're also reiterated and restated in the book of Isaiah, which is more prophecy about the cross. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Isaiah 53. And what was taking place when he was so despised? It was Christ's substitutionary death for me. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. All we like sheep have gone astray. And the Lord, the good shepherd, or the Lord laid on the good shepherd the misdeeds and the sins of all those sheep. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him, the good shepherd, the iniquity of us all. Going on in Psalm 22, we read verse 16. For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Now remember, this is a psalm of David. This was written centuries and centuries before Christ. David never had his hands and his feet pierced. This is prophecy. This is the Lord speaking through the prophet, in this case David, speaking about the, the, the death of Christ. David knew nothing about crucifixion. It hadn't been invented yet. That came about 600 B.C. or so. He knew nothing about this sort of thing, but then he describes the nailing of Christ to the cross. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And it was in a very unique manner. Crucifixion. Unknown to David. And yet he speaks about the nails. David also said in Psalm 22, They parted my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. More than a thousand years before the crucifixion of Christ, David foretold the, of the Roman guards gambling for the seamless robe of Christ Jesus. Psalm 22 is prophecy. Psalm 22 is miraculous. Do you have any questions about the, the nature of the Word of God and that it's, it's not a book of man? Look at the prophecies. Yes. Yes. Sometimes a thousand years, sometimes 
Nearly 2,000 years earlier than the fulfillment, we have an illustration of something the New Testament reveals. And it says, this is the book of God. These things are given by the Holy Spirit. The God who sees all things at once records in past history to us future history, which has not yet taken place. But it's all history as far as the Lord is concerned, if I can throw that word out there. In talking about his relationship to his sheep, Jesus described himself as the good shepherd. There has never been a gooder shepherd than Christ. As Paul said in Romans 5, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The good shepherd died for us. You and I, we are mangy, ragged, scrawny, worthless sheep. Not, Not good enough to be taken to the Lord's pasture. But under the eternal covenant of God, the good shepherd came into this world to give his life a ransom for many. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Are you one of those sheep? You say, well, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Remember Jesus himself said in our scripture from last week, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Do you say that you're not sure whether or not you're one of the Lord's sheep? Well, just listen to what he's saying to you and do it. Follow him. Follow him to the cross where he, the good shepherd, gave his life to redeem you. Answer that question. Are you one of the Lord's sheep? Settle it right now. You don't have to wait for me to finish this message. Right now. I believe there are many here today, I heard an amen or two, who have already followed the shepherd to the cross. To you folk, I point Psalm 23. Mm. Psalm 23. Where we see the great shepherd. I've already said that the term great shepherd comes to us from the pen of Paul in Hebrews 13. It is found toward the conclusion of that epistle. This is a part of Paul's benediction, you might say. It is a prayer that God the Father would bless the Christians who are reading or are hearing the book of Hebrews being read. But it is said in a very special way this benediction, this reference to the great shepherd. God is referred to as he who raised up the great shepherd, the great shepherd of the sheep. Now, the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, 
make you perfect in every good work to do his will, according to that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. For the sake of this message, and it's just for the message, all the principles are correct, I think. It is the good shepherd who went to the cross and gave his life for the sheep. But it is the great shepherd who is raised victorious over death and the judgment our sins deserve. The good shepherd died. The great shepherd lives today. You could say that the good shepherd is that special prophet who revealed the nature of our wretchedness and who revealed the love of God. God commendeth his love toward us in the sacrifice of Christ. But the great shepherd is the priest who lives today interceding on our behalf. Not only does he intercede for his unworthy sheep, but he, he meets their needs. Psalm 23. I'm glad that you have memorized that psalm, so it makes my job easier. Thinking back on those verses, you'll notice that every verb which refers to the shepherd is in the present tense. The Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, in the future, I will never want what I really need. He maketh me to lie down. He leadeth me. He restoreth me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, O shepherd. Even when David looks into the future, his timeless, omnipresent shepherd is there every step of the way. Mm -hmm. You and I have to look past and we have to look forward. God doesn't do that. It's all one to him. And he's always there. The good shepherd gave his life for the sheep. But the great shepherd arose again to constantly bless those sheep until they are gathered together in that one fold that we read of earlier in John chapter 10. There are people who believe that Christ is sacrificed over and over and over again in their worship services. This came up in our Sunday school lesson this morning. It is sad to say but those people are not following the same shepherd that David was following. Jesus is not dying today to wash away sins. He did that in Psalm 22. He's alive in Psalm 23. Never to die again. He did that in Calvary. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Hebrews 10 14. There are other scriptures through the book of Hebrews. Remember we started with the great shepherd and the conclusion of Hebrews. There are other scriptures in Hebrews which speak about Christ as if he was 
the great shepherd. Not named as such through the book until we get to the end. But he is the great shepherd. Alive, the priest of God after the order of Melchizedek, taking care of us. Applying the blood that was shed in Psalm 22. Praise the Lord that Christ is alive and well. Continuing to minister to us who need that ministry. But not dying again. Applying again, if you like, the blood. Christ is able also to save them to the uttermost. Because he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Again, the book of Hebrews 25. Jesus' intercession is not a figure of speech. He is interceding on our behalf. The great shepherd has taken on himself this responsibility to guarantee the completion of the salvation which he started and we have received by faith. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of this great shepherd? Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, the good shepherd who died. Rather, who is living again, the great shepherd, living again who is even at the right hand of God, who maketh intercession for us. The book of Romans. As Psalm 23 tells us, it is our shepherd who comforts us. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, my peace I give unto you. Among other things, Jesus' sheep have no reason to fear death. They have no reason to fear lots of things, but they have no reason to fear death. Our good shepherd died on our behalf. And our great shepherd lives today, continuing to meet our needs. He still provides our daily ration of manna. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. <laughs> Didn't our Savior say to the sheep, Let not your heart be troubled. Let me comfort you. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Last verse in Psalm 23. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. We have a great shepherd who is blessing us even at this moment. Without Christ's ministry as the great shepherd, we'd be like the heathen who worship at the tomb of Mohammed. Praise the Father for our great shepherd. But I declare again, with all the authority of the word of God, if you've not met Christ as the good shepherd, who giveth his life for the sheep, you can forget about him as the great shepherd. You have to begin at the beginning. You need to be born again. If you haven't been to Psalm 22, Psalm 23 does not belong to you. It 
it belongs to the Lord's sheep. With that, we come to Psalm 24, which I will call the glorious shepherd. The Apostle Peter gives us a more biblical adjective, but it doesn't synchronize with good and great. So good, great, glorious works better. Peter refers to the earthly return one day of the chief shepherd. 1 Peter 5.1 The elders which are among you, I exhort, feed the flock of God. Isn't that interesting in the context? Feed the flock of God. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. It is a mistake, biblically and theologically, to separate the sacrifice of Christ from the glorious return of the Redeemer. It is a mistake to separate Jesus' birth and death from the uh, return of the glorious shepherd. My purpose this morning is not to examine the rewards. We did that when we were studying 1 Peter. And it's not to consider the various people to receive them. My only purpose this morning is to say, He's coming back. The glorious Savior is coming back. The good shepherd has done his work. The great shepherd is doing his work. The glorious shepherd will soon be back. Psalm 24. We didn't read it. You don't have this one memorized, so I'll just read through there. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord, the righteousness from the God of his salvation. That's justification. This is that This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. Selah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. I won't pretend that I find the word shepherd in here, or the word sheep as far as that goes, but I am going to tell you that the Christ, the Son of God, The shepherd of the sheep created the universe. Verses 1, 2 in there. And I'm going to tell you that the believers in Jerusalem 
were correct when they honored Christ that day that Jesus came into the city just prior to his crucifixion. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Lift them up, ye everlasting doors. The King of glory is coming. The King of glory shall come in. Who is he? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. The glorious shepherd is at this moment making preparations for his triumphal re-entry into the creation. Look up. Lift up your head. Your redemption draweth nigh. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Philippians 5, 4 and 5. Be ye also patient. Establish your heart. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. James 5, 8. Are you properly prepared to stand before the glorious shepherd, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Lord of battles, the Lord of victories? Are you fit to stand before the king? Or should I say the glorious shepherd? That reminds you, if he is not your great shepherd today, and if he is not your good shepherd by way of the cross, then you are going to rue the day that you stand before the glorious shepherd. That will be a day of judgment. I'm afraid that that person who has not met the good shepherd and not living under the blessing of the great shepherd will hear the glorious shepherd say, Depart from me, ye cursed, in the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. What does Psalm 24, 3 and 4 say? Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? What sheep is brave enough to climb that hill? Who shall stand in his holy place? Only he that hath clean hands and a pure heart. You cannot properly cleanse your hands. And there's no way to deal with this heart. We're, we're helpless in this. Nothing we can do. You do not have a pure heart until the good shepherd regenerates it. Gives it life. You do not want to face the glorious shepherd if you have not met the good shepherd. As David said in an earlier psalm, Psalm 2, Kiss the son, lest he be angry. And ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. He could have as easily said, kiss the good shepherd before he turns into the glorious shepherd with a sword in his hand, the God of battles. Is your trust in the Lord Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross? You're trusting something else? Trusting nothing at all, just hoping to get by? The glorious shepherd is coming. 
And judgment will be carried out. Do you love the great shepherd? Do you bask under his constant blessing? Perhaps your heart can hear his voice this morning. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, they know me, and they follow. The good shepherd giveth his life for those sheep. He's left his ninety and nine in the fold. He's out there looking for that one. He's, he's out there in the desert to meet you. Come to the Savior in repentance, in faith. Listen to the voice, his voice, that, that spirit of God that's speaking to your heart. Surrender to the spirit. Put your faith in him. This morning, while there's still opportunity, the good shepherd gave his life on the cross. The great shepherd ministers the blessing of the cross to his sheep. The glorious shepherd will be here soon. Yes. Please stand.